a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me from Canada, even though he told me he was going to Mexico, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. I pulled the old switcheroo because, joke's on you, I like it cold. Yeah, you, you stole the priceless chandelier from Tiffany's. I mean... Me, Tiffany, I met you. You told me you were going to Canada, you went to Mexico, or vice versa. Switch that up. Yeah, I don't want to go there. I want to go to Canada because they're nice. I would go to Canada over Mexico. Fuck it. No offense to Mexico. I'm I'm a cold bird. I like. Even though I live in Florida. I like the cold stuff. Yeah. Mostly because it's fucking cold here a lot. But like Southern Canada, all right? Toronto, Montreal. Maybe not Montreal. They speak French there. That, that's tough learning curve. Um, you know, British Columbia might be okay. I know there's some Northern stuff up there, but you know. Stay close to the border. I'd love to I go. I don't, I don't need it to be like nine months of winter. Yeah, I mean, or 12. But, you know, I'd still try to go there on like a vacation. Be like, hey, honey, I got us a bed and breakfast. Like 14 hours up north. We're going to go see, you know, the North Pole. Let's do it. The North Pole is not in Canada. Just fun fact there. She's not going to know that. <laughs> I save so That's much money in. by just being Nick like, hey. His wife is dumber than she probably actually is no she's actually super smart but doesn't know that the north pole is not in canada so this this is coming from nick not from me she just trusts me she just trusts me i'd be like hey yeah it's totally there she's like i don't know if that's true like it's fucking true let's go we are not here to discuss the geography of canada today hey you brought it up contrary to what you might believe we're here to talk about real life heists motherfucking heists We've already done heist movies in the past, but now we're doing real-life heists. And I love a good heist. FBI, if you're listening, we're not inciting heists. Just saying. No. We just think they're super cool, and we would love to be a part of one. Wink, wink. Mate, see, we're going to talk about that as we go through these heists. I've got two heists. Nick has got two heists. We're going to go through them one by one, uh, talk about who did it, what they took. Uh, how they took it, uh, what happened afterwards, if they got arrested or if they got away, all that bullshit. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about if we could have been involved in this heist or not. Uh, because I think that's the important part of, of having this discussion is, could we really bring ourselves to do any of these things? We shall see. Stay For tuned. For the most part, I am an upstanding citizen. I, you know, I had, I had some things in college where <laughs> uh, I, I didn't do anything too bad. Some like... Uh, uh, let's call it uh, campus parkouring, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not like getting into buildings through extra legal ways. Hardcore parkour. Yeah, hardcore parkour. I mean, if you can pull off hardcore parkour. No, it was not hardcore parkour. It was like slowly climbing up buildings, figuring out how to get on the roofs. Well, you just gave yourself away, Calvin. He didn't do any of that. FBI. I think the statute of limitations is gone. Actually, we we had a really good one one time. So. We got on top of this one building, and uh, there, there's roof accesses up there. Apparently no alarms on the roof accesses. Or there were, and just nobody gave a shit about them, because we did it several times. And so we went in, and we wouldn't steal anything or anything. Or, well, that's not entirely true either. We found this big-ass poster, right? Like a big banner that they put up at job fairs, things like that. We may have taken one of those, but we returned it, okay? <laughs> so we went over to a different building, climbed up on top of that one, this one's got, like, you know how college buildings, they have, like, the letters on the front? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, they're standing, they're kind of, like, on the top, on the front. So we hung this poster off of those letters on that other building. Uh, 
because we wanted to raise awareness for whatever the hell the banner was about, right? Right. It was important that people knew whatever the fuck this banner said. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, as we were walking that. from one building to the other, this is, you know, 11.30 midnight, something like that on campus, so there's not really anybody around, but there's these two underclassmen who were walking back from the library to their dorms probably, and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're just like, nothing, nothing. And we like put the poster down back before like they, they actually came on us. And they're like, no, no, we want to join. We're like, no, we don't know you. You're not fucking helping us. This is our thing. Get the fuck out of here. Is What is this, yeah, cartoon? Pretty much. Fuck off. And we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to let you help us. And eventually they left. And then we went Freshies. and did the thing. And like, I just like to think, because the, the building that we hung it from was close to where their dorm was. So I like to think that they woke up the next day, saw our handiwork, and like, yeah, we saw those fucking guys. Those are the coolest fucking dudes I've ever met. I like to think that they're listening now, too, and are like, hey, I remember that. Shout out to you two. You know, I did some climbing on roofs in my youth, and I actually climbed on a roof of an abandoned Kmart. And when I went inside, I found it was abandoned. Let me reiterate. Oh that. Yeah, yeah. When I went inside, I found a we original some abandoned factories. We, I mean, we have a sh- we have a Pillsbury factory in town, but this thing is so full of asbestos that like no one wants to touch it. But anyway, oh, some guy tried to like fucking kill us one time when we went into a factory. Oh, not fuck. like a homeless guy. It was like some guy protecting the land or some shit. He like drove up on us in his big ass truck. He's, what are you guys doing here? He's got you a can't be going in there. Crossbow and shit. He's like, you better start running, boy. Finger in his fucking belly button. He's like, hey. He's like you stay here. I'm calling the cops. We're like. Uh, yeah, nope. <laughs> Do you see these wheels? I got Jordans on, bro. I'm fucking dipping. Oh, we had a car. We just got back in the car and left. Yeah, bye. But I found an original 1997 Pokemon poster. Nice. And I resold that shit for like 65 bucks. Oh, absolutely. Fucking come up. That was a real That's life just on- heist. entrepreneurial spirit. That is a real life heist. <laughs> I like to think our banner is a real life heist, too. We got away with it. My friend, uh, my friend that perpetrated it with me, uh, he had classes in the building we hung it from, and he had like an eight o'clock class. So he shows up to his eight o'clock class and sees these people, like these maintenance people, just standing up outside staring at it, like, what the fuck do we do with this? We should just try to shoot it with paintball guns, just cover the whole thing. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, sure. yeah, my friend Randy Bobandy, FBI, if you're listening. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't name drop him here. You're right. It was Terry the Scary. Our our 15 listeners, you know, might might dime us out. I mean, I guess I already know who I am. But I ain't no rat. I think the statute of limitations on a harmless prank that injured no one is, is up by now. This was a solid uh, eight years ago? All it no, takes is... fucking 12 years ago. 2009, man. Oh, God. Whew. Time flies. I fucking graduated high school in 2010. Just a young one. That's right. completely irrelevant. So those are our real life heists that we've been a part of. Those are the uh, ones we're gonna I'm talk proud about of at least. Those those are the ones I'm going to talk about on air here. Uh, we're going to move into some uh, uh, some heists with some higher stakes, I would say. Just a tad. Just yeah. a wee bit. So. I, Nick, I'm gonna let you go first because I want to go last because okay. I think my last one is the best one. Son of a bitch! All right. It was my idea for the episode, so I get to choose the order. That's you how it did works. it for me, though, Calvin. You know you did. You're like, no, I didn't. Fuck you. Well, the original idea was just to do one of the heists. Oh, I guess. and talk about only that heist. And I was like, and as I was looking at, it, I'm like, okay, this is 27 minutes of content. That's not enough heist. 
I need no. more, more. So we expanded it. Boy. All right, so let's hear your first one. Mine is the heist at Banco Central at Fortaleza, Fortaleza in Brazil. Mm. This occurred in August of 2005, specifically wow. August 6th. Relatively recent. So this shit was bananas. We got the dude with the best name in the world, Luis Fernando Ribeiro. That just has a, a – I'm sure someone with a – you know, that speaks Spanish. Let's go. Well, Portuguese. Try, try not to offend any of our listeners. Well, here. I think they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yes, Brazil is Portuguese. That, that's what – yeah, okay. Someone who speaks Portuguese would probably say that was some flair – as I'm a white yeah. boy from the Midwest, it sounds... You gotta really get, like, some Mask of Zorro accent going on on it. I'm not even gonna try, because it'll no. be like I'm talking about, but, you know, beer cheese. But Luis and... Fernando Riviero, like, if you could say that with the, the proper accent, it's definitely a menacing and fun name to say. I could probably do it with a sword in my hand, like a rapier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, need, you, you need the real, like, the Mask of Zorro spirit in you somehow. And it just, me and you talking, it doesn't bring it out. I get it. I get it. You get it. We all get it. Um, but he was technically the mastermind of a crew of 25 dudes. So that automatically sets it apart because how do you have 25 cats involved in a goddamn heist and it doesn't blow up minute one? Yeah, I mean, Ocean's Eleven barely did it with Eleven, and that was a movie. But it had, you know, three of the most beautiful men alive in it, too. So that helps, too. Don Cheadle is definitely one of the most beautiful men alive. I don't know about that. His neck is a little trippy. <laughs> I think Don Cheadle is, like, out of Ocean's Eleven, he's, like, the perfect middle point of not obviously not one of the most beautiful and obviously not one of the ugliest out of the Eleven. I think I picked the perfect middle point, and I just it was, like, the, the random one that popped into my head, right, out of the Eleven. And I think I've perfectly picked the middle point of the Ocean's Eleven hot or not scale. Yeah, I mean, you know, the accent and the very skinny neck. <laughs> All right, so what did Luis do here? Luis was a fucking bad his 25 compadres. ass. His compadres. <gasps> they decided to fuck around and steal 165 million rails or 71.2 million US dollars when converted. Um, Shit. According to this bank that they robbed, since it's kind of a, a authoritarian government in a way, it's very centralized resources, this was too small of an amount to insure because of, you know, fees and the hassle of it. 72 million? 71.2. Yeah, okay. That's a shitload of money, if yeah, you didn't no, no. know. So these fucking cats have the most genius idea I've ever heard, and I absolutely love it. Because Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it right here. What they did is they, they made a backup vault, and then they stole the whole vault out of the bank, drove through the streets of Brazil with it, tied to the back of their cars, and then at some point switched the vaults and, and took the real one and left the the fake one for the rock to find I was gonna and say, then the rock was really mad when he found that they got away with the hundred million dollars what am i right there what year did that movie come out fast five was 2011 i want to say oh you know six years after i understand but it's quite possible 
It's all quite possible. Wait, so that's not what happened here. That's not what happened. You're telling me I'm Instead, wrong. Instead, you are wrong, sadly. Um, Everything comes back to Fast and Furious it, when it comes to heists. I mean, we already got Fast 10 planned out. Fast 10, your seatbelts. Going to space. Yeah. Eating the Green Lantern. Dude, they're talking about going to space in that fucking movie. I know. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm on top of things. <laughs> you don't think I know what's going on in the Fast and Furious franchise? I'm sorry, Calvin. I didn't mean to offend. My bad. Vin Diesel will always be Riddick to me, but I digress. So, three months before this burglary, 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 I got the mid Midwest <laughs> South. Sat. Oh my God, I can't fucking talk. It's been a rough day for us all. It's been a rough day. I've watched <laughs> CNN for like 13 hours today. They want us to know we were recording this on Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. So if by the time you listen to this, you don't remember what was going on January 6th. 2021 just google it google washington dc january 6 2021 and it might explain our scattered mind frames here yeah you will you'll see a definite correlation there because we already talked for like 45 minutes before we start recording about what's actually going on and i'm over that i'm ready for heists i'm ready for heists so anyways these criminals these scumbags rented a commercial property in the center of the city and tunneled 78 meters 256 feet, nearly a football field, beneath two city blocks to a position beneath the bank. So, I mean, these are hardworking cats, so I gotta give it to them right off the bat. And with a crew of 25 dudes, you know, this... Well, I mean, you would need to, to to tunnel that much, I would think. That's where your 25 dudes come in, for sure. Either way, that's like 10 feet of dude. That's terrible. Imagine digging through 10 feet of rock and fucking dirt. Do they have a drill like in Ocean's 12? We'll get there. So they had a little bit of, you know, they dabbled in engineering a little bit, and they'd renovated this property. I feel like everybody from Brazil dabbles in engineering. Is I mean, that a stereotype? No, they kind of like have that would to. be like one of the best stereotypes, though. Like, hey, you guys are really smart, and I'll know your engineering. Well, I mean, the government is just like, nah, we're not going to... You guys don't Pay need for water pumps. Yeah, you don't need any of that shit. But you knew, you do need a shitload of cops that like to shoot people. Um, but anyway, so they bought a property and renovated it, making it a landscaping company. So they also sold both natural and artificial grass as well as like random plants. Um, and a shitload of bags of dirt. Right, well, that's what kind of blended them in, is they're pumping out dirt all the time, and people are like, hmm, I guess it's just, you know, that's what landscape companies do, which is true. Luis Fernando Riviero was smart. Well, my dad, he owns a landscaping company, and uh, he pumps out a lot of dirt. Has he tunneled into any banks yet? I don't know. Because, I mean, this is is an option for you guys. I plead the fifth. Fifth? One, two, three, four, fifth. Ah! <laughs> that is my favorite part. Fifty, fifty, fifth. Ah, Dave Chappelle. So, I miss that. I miss that show. But, um, anyways, this tunnel, it was roughly 2.3 feet squared, and it ran 13 feet beneath the surface, so they had to dig deep as fuck. Imagine all that clay and, like, just, I don't know how sea level-wise Brazil is, but imagine it being, you know, very close to sea level, a lot of bedrock and stuff. It's it's mountainous, too, Brazil is. Oh, man, that'd be a pain in the ass. Depending on the rock, that would be 
fucking impossible. Um, but the police made sure to mention that it was well constructed. It was lined with wood and plastic. It had specific beams to support it. And it had its own lighting. Yeah, they weren't letting that shit cave in on them. Oh, yeah, definitely not. They got out. This guy thought out his plan to buy a business, start up a landscaping front, and then he's just going to be like, nah, this shit's going to cave in when we're on our way back with the money. Well, no way. Yeah, fuck I mean, all Luis that noise. Fernando Rivero is too smart. I can't believe you still remember that dude's name. I forgot it 35 seconds ago. It's a great name. How could you forget it? Well, they even had AC. Isn't that badass? In Brazil, they're like... He's looking out for his people, man. Yeah, fuck this shit, dog. Luis Fernando Rivero is a man of the worker. Yeah, I mean, he's he keeps the air flowing. He keeps it fresh. In Brazil, vote for Luis Fernando Rivero as your next president. He might be dead. I'm not sure. This happened... 2005. I mean, that's like an eternity in the 2000s worlds. Imagine where we were in 2005 and where we are now. I was a freshman in college. Yeah. I was in eighth now grade. Now I'm not. In 2005? Yeah. Well, January of 2005, I would have been a junior in high school. So, and now I'm still not that. So, yeah, you're right. We have come a long way. Such a long way. I was dressing like Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance in eighth grade. And by freshman year, I definitely wasn't. I was on my I don't give a shit anymore senioritis dress code. I know how that like, is. I'm just going to put on clothes because they tell me I have to, but that's all you're getting from me. Right. They may stink like weed, so I'm wearing Mine clothes did at not least. stink like weed. I mean, I hung out with a lot of fucking potheads. So did I, Nick, but have a little class. You don't want to you don't want to go to school smelling like weed. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> I may have smelled like weed, but the richest kid in school walked around with a jizz shirt all the time. You gotta let him know you're potent. Dude, he would just have a big gotta let the ladies know. jizz stain on his shirt. <laughs> I haven't thought Guys, about that. Kid. I eat glazed donuts every morning for breakfast, okay? That's all it is. No, he would admit it freely because I remember the first time I... The first time I noticed it was actually at a party. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is on your shirt? And he's like, yeah, it's fucking jizz, bro. <laughs> Casual as fuck. And, uh... When yeah, you got from, it, you got it. From then on, I just noticed all the time he had fucking shit off his shirt. I haven't thought about that. I think we need to get back to the heist chair. Oh, man, My that man, dude Luis Fernando Rivero would not stand shirts. for jizz shirts. Say that again? My man, Luis Fernando Rivero, would not stand for jizz shirts. No, that Let's that would... do him the courtesy of moving on from the jizz shirt guy. It, it totally Shout wouldn't out be jizz serious. Shirt guy. <laughs> New t-shirt idea. It says jizz shirt guy. Rocky in the jizz shirt. <laughs> well, just no shame. But anyway, on this final weekend, they worked all the way up on this for weeks... They broke through three and a half feet of steel reinforced concrete to enter the bank vault, and you know, a considerable considerable amount of time would be required to remove and transport the money, due to the sheer fucking volume of it. So, I think they timed it pretty much perfectly. Yeah. And yes, they got away with it. 
These guys nice. were fucking ballers. Well, how do we know who he is if they got away with it? Well, hear me out. Out of the 25 men, only eight were confirmed to have been captured. So okay. this shit happened rapid fire. So by August 10th, September 25th, and October 20th, relatively small time frame, they started knocking people out. <clears throat> they just happened to spot a truck that was transporting cars, which... You know, in Brazil in 2005, it's probably a little weird, seeing as a lot of people walk everywhere. And they found. I mean, in Fast Five, they stole cars off of a truck transporting cars in Brazil. So I get it. There you go. There you fucking. This is all coming right back to Fast Five. Dude. Which is great. Anytime we can talk about Fast Five, I'm in on it. You fucking cheater. You copied this heist, you bastard. You bald headed bitch. Um, But anyway, they, they just happened to inspect it and found like $2 million. And uh, the other five arrested uh, in September, and then the mastermind, here's where it gets all, you know, frickety-fucky, happened. Uh, he was found dead. Luis Fernando Rivero. Yes, that guy was found dead on the side of the road. Who cares about his men to provide them with AC in the summer? Um, you know, he was found dead on the side of the road with ligature marks around his throat and handcuff marks around his wrist so a lot of people thought police were still you know involved and they yeah, only, trying to get that money out of they only found 20 million bucks overall which is 70 that's a shitload of money but 18 dudes you know with roughly 50 you know millions but split between them that's not a bad not a bad take no i'd be in on that so nick could you have been a part of this crew no and what role would you have played definitely not Fuck that. With all these dudes, I'm a paranoid individual. I have terrible anxiety. That's all I would think the whole time. Is like, yeah. This fucker's going to rat me out. It's going to happen. I mean, the only way three people can keep a secret is if two of them are dead. So if you compound that into 25 people, that's a common saying. I'm not saying I'm out here killing people who know my secrets. Uh, but watch your back if you know one of my secrets. <laughs> you better not say shit. Oh. Uh, so yeah, you compound that to 25 people and it's just yeah, that that that's a little too many. I feel like I could have been like, "All right, I'll dig some tunnel here for you. That seems like a fun way to spend some time. Break me off a mill." Fuck that, dude. I'd pull an Andy Dufresne, dig that shit by myself over like 15 years. Yeah, but and... you wouldn't be able to reinforce it. You wouldn't get the AC down there. You need Luis Fernando Rivero. Man, he's got Google. He can figure that shit out. But you don't have Google in the tunnel. Right. I mean, Luis Fernando Rivero probably provided him with Google in the tunnel, but you personally would not, because you are not on the level of Luis Fernando Rivero. Shots fired, Calvin. It's hurtful. I don't think you got it in you, Nick. Oh, not with the. I, I definitely, I definitely could not have been the mastermind behind this. M- maybe I could have been in the crew, but like, I f- also feel like after like the second day of digging, I just like, nah, fuck it. You have that <laughs> sweet done. skill of data analysis, though. Yeah, Maybe there like, we go. Mr. Calvin, how long I'd will it take us guy. to dig this tunnel? I would be tunnel? the guy making sure they've got Google in their tunnel. Like, where's my Google? It's right here, bro. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, that'd be a rough one. So they got away. Most of them got away with it, or at least we think they did. How do we know they got 25 people? I guess the other eight would be like, yeah, there's 17 people out there still. Yeah, fuck yeah, they would. They'd be like, yeah, there's like a million. You should go get all of those people and forget about me. Just let me go. I like that one. Here's my money. Just let me dip. And it doesn't help that, honestly, 
there's a lot at stake in Brazil because those prisons fucking suck. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I'm sure the 17 or so that got away, like, there's no way they're in Brazil anymore. Oh, hell no. Which would be, that would be me. I'd be out of there as quickly as possible. I would hop in the fucking ocean if it came down to it. I would be bad. That seems like a bad plan. The ocean is vast. It's dark and full of terrors. Yes. All right, so mine has its own name. My first one. It is the Great Plymouth Mail Truck Robbery. Ooh, fuck. This was August 14th, 1962. And it happened in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Where uh, a lot of robberies actually happen. I didn't know that, but I know this one happened there. Um, and I, I guess I get that after reading this. It, it's in a kind of a strategic location between Boston and some other New England hotspots. So it'd be a good place to kind of just do a smash and grab, right? And then kind of hide away because there's ass loads of woods and stuff around. So A lot right. of money flowing through there. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know who actually pulled off the great Plymouth mail truck robbery. It was not Luis Fernando Riviero, though. We know that. Son of a bitch. Are you sure? It could be. 1962, and he's still pulling heist in 2005? That's 40 years of heisting? I don't know. I mean, boy, do it's I have Danny something Ocean. for you. Uh, so at the time, in 1962, this was the largest cash heist of all time. They took, they got away with $1.5 million in small bills. What's that equate to with inflation? Oh, I had that down. Uh, thought I wrote it down. Uh, twelve million, twelve point seven million, uh, in twenty thirteen. That's a fat ass heist. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably a little even more today, probably up to like thirteen or fourteen today. Um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a good gig in nineteen sixty two, especially to get away with it. So what happened is two gunmen, they stopped this mail truck that's delivering cash from uh, the Cape Cod Federal Reserve Bank. They're taking it to Boston. Mail truck just driving along, probably got Newman driving it. Who knows? Um, And so the hijacking occurs on Route 3 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The robbers had dressed as police officers. Uh, They stopped the vehicle, brandished some submachine guns at the mail truck and uh, just kind of took it over. Mail truck stop, they get in, tie up the driver, tie up the guard. Apparently only one guard in this car, in this truck carrying $1.5 million, but, you know, whatever. We don't need a guard at that Yeah, much. whatever. Fuck that truck. And it's a mail truck. It's not an armored car. Like, come on, guys. We got to do better. <laughs> we got to protect uh, that shit. So then they drive the truck to some unknown place, drop the money, but they don't just drop it all in one place. They drop it in several remote locations. So they just, they're taking some here, some here. And it's, again, it's all woods out here. And then they abandon the truck with the driver and the guard still tied up in Randolph, Massachusetts, alongside Route 128. So any Massachusetts listeners, you probably know right where I'm talking about. They're like, fuck, man, he's talking about our turf. Yeah, maybe there's still money out there. Go start digging. I mean, I might. Well, you live in Illinois, not Massachusetts, so you're going to have a hard time digging. I mean, it's about a 14-hour trip. Not bad. <laughs> be worth it for some people to do stupid things so you know why not oh, shit. uh so as i said perpetrators were never caught and for five years the u.s postal inspection service and the fbi combed all of new england for leads came up empty time after time 
there are rewards offered for $150,000 or 10% of any amount recovered. Um, and that was on top of $50,000 from the Postmaster General. So it was like, fuck it, we'll give away the money. Just tell us where it is. Um, and I mean, so the com... Go ahead. Well, that's why they offered so much money back then, because they knew no one was going to open their fucking mouth. It's Massachusetts. People that's didn't true. do that up there. And that that's kind of what they ran into. There was no snitches. Like, have you ever seen Gone, Baby Gone? Casey Affleck? Oh, yeah. That movie's nobody, fantastic. Nobody was talking shit to Casey Affleck. Hell you know, no. I love Gone, Baby Gone. I need to watch that again. It's such a great movie. Can we do a, uh, I don't know how to movie superlative, Gone, Baby Gone? Casey it's Affleck, kinda like movie superlative. Casey Affleck. So it's that, Ocean's Eleven, and uh, Manchester by the Sea. Got it. No, Goodwill Hunting. He's in a bunch of stuff. He That's has true. one where he's a military vet that has like the most powerful performance I have ever seen on screen. Uh, he is, what was I going to say? He was in something else that I was just going to mention. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's, yeah, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, Killing Them Softly? No, the uh, the other one with Brad Pitt, the the assassination of... Oh, the Jesse outlaw, James by the Jesse, Coward. Yeah, uh, that, that movie was fucking boring. Something by the Coward. Two hours and 45 minutes of nobody talking. Just standoffs. But Casey Affleck is in that movie. He's good. I, I think he's better than uh, than Ben. Shots fired. Yes, he's a better actor than Ben. But Ben is a better movie star. Like if you're making a, a popcorn movie that you want people to show up to and pay money to see, you got to go for Ben. Oh, 100%. He's and a great Batman, a, Gone so. Girl. Like he's he was really good in that. He can be very uh, captivating. But, oh, definitely. But I think Casey is better at acting. Like oh, he can yeah. do more things. But he's just he per, he portrays a better performance, like more more emotion, like it feels more natural with him. Whereas Ben Affleck is like a chameleon. That dude, he's hilarious in Dogma. Love that Dogma's movie. Really good. I haven't seen that in a while. I need to go back. And I watch fucking lo- him and Matt Damon are fucking. You could do hilarious. a Kevin Smith movie superlative sometime too. Ooh, right I do down. actually going right back down. to Gone Baby Gone. Um, I do have a detective movie superlatives. That should so be after Kevin Smith. Okay, I'm writing down Kevin Smith right now. Everybody pause. Just wait for us for a minute. We're coming up with content for you folks. I know I already have a detective one set up, and they're all just going to be Batman anyway. So we're doing Batman soon, but we'll also do detective and just give them all to Batman. Because he's the world's greatest detective. Well, combo one. No. Batman in Batman movies doesn't do any actual detectiving, usually. Which is weak dick. Yeah. That's, like, one of the most interesting things about him. World's Uh, greatest detective. Anyway, the combination of media, law enforcement, and popular interest in this record-breaking robbery combined for an atmosphere of near hysteria in the Boston area area throughout the early and middle 1960s. A few completely uninvolved people were accused of being involved in the heist, with the media loudly proclaiming their guilt, even with no evidence or facts to support its claims. Hmm, that sounds familiar. To be fair... I mean, they would, like, toasters were invented, or microwaves. No, microwaves are way later. Just, they were really amazed I just know Kitty Foreman was really excited to get a microwave in that 70s show. So I was about to say one. the same thing. That's that's literally what I thought of when I referenced, that was way later, was that 70s show. I don't know how factual that 70s show is with, like, when things actually happened, though. That's all they had to do was be slightly factual. And get the style right and, right. you know, get Donna Pinciotti in there. I guess. 
All right. Uh, where were we? We keep getting sidetracked here. There's a lot that goes into these heists that aren't heist-related, apparently. That's how all these heists start, is just talking about random bullshit. And they're like, you know what, bro? You know, we we're could fucking, rob a mail truck. We should fucking do this, man. We should do that this. Was, that was the we should buy a bar of uh, 1962. We could rob a mail truck. Fuck yeah. They're smoking Are that they... shitty Mexican swag weed, and they're just like, yeah. We well, so in the, the early 2000s, it was we should buy a bar. In the late 2000s, or the uh, 2010s, 2020s, it's we should totally start a podcast, bro. Start a podcast and get People a small to apartment together. We could do it. We could start a podcast. Yeah, we could do it. We could rob a mail truck. Let's do it. Totally. I mean, it's the logical jump you make. <laughs> They're the same thing. Basically. Uh, so then with the five-year federal statute of limitations approaching with no real leads to solve the robbery. See, five-year federal statute of limitations. I'm good on my sign stealing. Man, it's only five years? It was in 1967, apparently. Now it's like 500 years. So, like, we're going we're gonna to fuck we're you gonna with the long... We're going to find things. You know, the long dick of the law for 500 years. I hope you know that. Don't you do anything bad. The postal inspector and the Department of Justice stepped up a campaign of near total surveillance and harassment of all known robbers in the Boston <laughs> area in a frantic effort to obtain clues about the robbers. Man, it's been five years. The statute of limitations is almost up. Just mail it in. You like, know, they're, they're going to their house. They're like, hey, kid. Hey, punk. Hey, you stole a candy bar yesterday? You, you know anything fuck. about this $101.5 million? You fucking scumbag. Hey, do you know anything about a robbery? It's like, yeah, dude, I robbed fucking Pieces the other day. Well, we're not looking for you. Shortly before the statute of limitations was set to expire, a federal grand jury indicted four men and one woman as the perpetrators of this robbery. How However, convenient. One of the defendants disappeared right before trial and was never found. The other defendants were all acquitted at the trial. I'm guessing that one guy, he's the guy that fucking did it. I'm guessing he's hella dead. There's tons oh, yeah, of places definitely. in Massachusetts. Um, but to this day, the $1.5 million, which is equivalent to $12.7 million, remains undiscovered by authorities. Because the cops were involved. It's conspiracy. Cops did it. They fucking did it, bro. So there's a bit of an epilogue to this. Vincent Ooh. Fat Vinny Teresa, a Boston mobster who served as a lieutenant of Raymond L.S. Patriarca, no way. I don't and know who that is. guy, you yeah. say? Yeah. He claimed <laughs> in his book, My Life in the Mafia, that John Red Kelly was the man who planned the robbery. Was he red-faced all the time? I'm very curious. Know. And was, uh, he Where's my nickname? The fuck? Everybody has fucking nicknames. Where is mine, guys? I'll come up with something. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be Jizz Shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, you know I'm gonna hit that's him you, up after this and be like, "Hey man, I was that's how you have about to you. introduce yourself on the podcast from now on as Jizz Shirt." He fucking I'm Calvin, and joining me is Jizz Shirt. No, I mean he's honestly he might come on. He is hey. rich as balls, does not give a fuck about Jizz anybody. Shirt. Whatever you doing, we got room for you. Shit, last time I talked to him, he's like, "Yeah man, podcast I want, like, about twelve million on dollars coming up soon." How you how are you worth twelve million dollars and you fucking wear jizz shirts? I know what he did. He robbed a mail truck in Massachusetts. <laughs> Checks out. Shit. You know, now that you mention it, he did try to get me to, you know, 
be a data analyst for him and i just said no i said no can do sir i don't so analyze data whoever for perpetrated this crime allegedly received a generous 80 cents on the dollar when the money was laundered Damn. Which I think that's a pretty good rate. Usually it's like, I want to say it's like 60. That's that bad, yeah. dude. 80%? Because some of it's got to go to the launderer to, to keep them above board. Well, you know, it's like a falafel stand. They're like, hey, launder this cash for us. He's like, all right, fam, whatever. I got you. Yeah, 100%. You want a double or a triple? So now we got to think if we could have pulled this off. I think I could have been involved here. There wasn't really a lot of violence, so that's a plus. And I kind of like the idea of how they spread the money out when they stole it. Like, they didn't just dump it in one place, they spread it. Like, that's an idea I would have. Like, yo, why are we burying it in one place? Let's bury it in ten places. Then if they get some of it, they'll think they got it all, and we get to keep the rest. I mean, I think it's a smart idea, but being so spread out, what's to stop another one of your crew from just driving all over the place and getting stuff? taking all that hidden I think it was loot. a fairly small crew and so but I think I think that's part of it that you chalk up to loss too is like I right, if you if you put this 1.5 million in 15 different places you're gonna miss three or four of them and that's okay well you might miss all of them because what if you go to the wrong one first and then you're just trailing this cat while yeah. he's stealing all your cake that's true um but I mean this this is all that's something I would do if had I if if I came into a big sum of money whether legally or li- illegally like I'm not putting it all in one place. You oh know, you hell win the no. lottery, you don't just go buy all this shit. You invest some of it, you gamble some of it, you uh buy some shit. There's there's a lot of things to you got to diversify. And that's what they're doing. I think that's a good idea. I was just about to say listen to your Wu-Tang Clan mentors you gotta diversify your bonds you don't just Bad take words. a bag full of money to your local money laundering uh franchise you can't do that you gotta hide it strategically and separately and then slowly reintroduce it into circulation well Get shit a man thou at a time i don't even commit heists and i fucking hide my money <laughs> yeah i've got like nine bank accounts just because so i can keep it all separate so i can like compartmentalize all the different money this is the money for the crew, and this is the money for the rental, and this is the money for the heist. Exactly. Ooh, did I say that on air? So, yeah, I don't know that like I could have been the perpetrator, but I definitely could have been involved in the planning of it. And, you know, I would have gotten – I would have been that guy that gets irrationally angry at, like, Jeremy's dumbass when he tried to go and drop 300000 on his flashy car, you know, right after the heist. He's you going call out the it next De Niro? Day. Fucking Jeremy. You take that shit back. Right now. Yeah. I, I would definitely be that guy. That's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know what I'm talking about from Goodfellas? Yeah. I yeah. gotcha. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting out. What, could you have been in, in, in on this one? No. Nope. No. So you're just you're just out on all the heists. It's going to be a boring question for you every single time. No, I'd be a piece of shit. I'm a boring ass dude. I don't like getting in trouble. Fuck all that noise, dude. I, I agree. Like, I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> Fuck jail, dude. No, like, that's, would... that's why you're involved in the planning. You take the smallest cut that's still, you know, enough. You diversify your portfolio. And you make it easy. Well, honestly, I'd be attention. that guy. You get mad at Jeremy. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd make a phone call and I'd be like, hey, man, I heard Jeremy was trying to go get the get the score that's in 
fucking Kentucky, you should probably go there. I'd lead him on a wild goose chase, and then I'd steal everything else and disappear. See, you're getting you're getting too flamboyant with it. You're getting too. You got you got too many balls in the air, Nick. You can't juggle all that. You just Shit, take dude. your small cut and you move on with your life. No way. If we're committing a heist, I'm fucking pulling a heist on all of you fuckers. And dipping. that's how you get caught, man. Not even. Have you ever seen a heist movie? Do we need to redo heist movies? Are, they, are these people gonna be like, hey, man, I committed this heist, and then this other guy fucking stole it from me? So it's like drug money, or drug. You know what I'm saying? It's shit. They're not well, gonna they can go come to the cops. Kill you. Well, they could try, but I got all their money. What are they gonna do? You can't fucking buy a plane ticket when you're broke as shit, motherfucker. All right, what do you got for your next one? I know I made a good point because you said I moved on. <laughs> I call it the United California Bank Robbery because it's called the United California Bank Robbery. Nice. Uh, I thought you it, made up that name and then you're like, nah. No way. Uh, this is near and dear to up. me because I'm from California, actually, originally. Um, California knows how to party. They don't. Can They're fucking lamos. They smell farts from glasses. Keep it rocking. Anyway, this occurred March 24th of 1972 in Laguna Niguel, California. Was it Luis Fernando Rivero? I, I'm based off the name. It probably should be, but it wasn't. Um, this guy, this Emil Denzio. Is actually quite the badass. Before he took on this heist, he'd knocked out 30 banks back east, which no matter how much research I did, back east always just meant back east. Like Nevada, fucking Ohio, New York, like this, whatever. Big, big area. Um, this dude had. Back east a, is everything that's not California. Pretty, pretty much. much. So this cat had accumulated 20 million bucks already, and this was like the big score you know every heist movie has the big score you gotta oh, yeah. get um so what makes this one really interesting is his goal was safety deposit boxes that were supposedly filled with nixon's dirty cash so this is at the height of you know the aftermath of the vietnam war the fucking or sorry the initial i'm thinking of the the late 70s so this is after Nixon brokered a fucking deal to basically keep us in the Vietnam War. He's got a lot of dirty money running around, and people know this. People know Nixon's fucking dirty. So, that'd be your natural target, especially in California. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, that's where I would go. So, unfortunately, this crew was a little too blood related and or family familial um biggie said it best in 10 crack commandments 10 crack commandments don't miss business with pleasure nope keep your family and business completely separated money and blood don't mix like two dicks and no bitch find yourself in some serious shit i don't listen to 10 crack commandments nearly as often as you have it's a fucking fantastic it's song. Great. Don't ever get high on your own supply. Rule number four. Number four. Never trust nobody. Uh, anyway. Um, 
<laughs> got Pac. We got so, Biggie. This guy fucked up and he sucked on the, you know, the dick of Familia Bonds. I'm making this as weird as possible. I hope yeah, you guys understand. Keep going. This. Yeah. We're yeah. Woo! You, I'm in for it. He had his brother, his brother, his brother, James, who was a burglary tool expert and demolitions expert. So this guy, highly qualified, if you couldn't tell. He had his nephews, Harry and Ronnie, his brother-in-law, Charles Mulligan, who, lookout man with the name Charles Mulligan, obviously, and happened to come across an alarm expert named Phil Christopher, who, uh, you know, kind of was forced into it because he was part of the crew that the guy who clued this guy into the score, you know, he made him come along basically and then there's charles brogel who's just some dumbass idiot that was kind of there all these big crews and yours i mean that's that's still a small crew but it's the wrong crew you don't want people you fucking know your brother-in-law are you serious well so you gotta have people that you know but you're not you got you're you're not tied to them after it's over right so like you gotta know them because you gotta be able to trust them but you don't want people that you gotta see at Christmas. Well, when you both show up with fucking Cadillacs, yeah, you know, People in fur know. coats, people are gonna be like, "Hey, what's up? Why can't I get one?" It'll be like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Yeah. Hey, familia. Um, but anyway, they took a fuckload of money, especially in '72. They took. It ranges from nine million was what the feds say to fourteen million, which is what the perpetrators say, which would be you know fifty five to like seventy million today, and they stole all of it from the old school safety deposit boxes, which is actually fantastic. That's the whole reason I don't use safety deposit boxes. I remember my parents had one. Like, we'd have to go to the bank sometimes with my mom or whatever, right? And we'd go into that little back room, and they'd pull out, like, savings bonds or whatever the fuck from there. And it's just like, what? This is, like, insanely complicated. Yeah, I don't like all this. It's not fun. (laughs) And it's not, like, really actually protecting anything, is it? As we see with not Luis Fernando Rivero. Well, let me spell this out for you, and you'll... You folks will see how little your safety deposit boxes are protected, because it's not much better. Believe me, I've investigated. I've seen inside, man. I I know what happens in there. Well, these fuckers, they pulled the shit off perfectly. They they waited till closing time, and they used expandable surfboard foam and the old-school alarm so that paddle couldn't hit the bell, um, which disabled it. And uh, they proceeded to use 16 sticks of dynamite to blow the fucking roof off the lid of the vault. And they're, you know, okay. Why didn't they just dig a tunnel? Well, see, in California, they're lazy. They just said, oh, blow this shit up. But they came up with, like, the most perfect, you know, solution to this because there's the interviews with the guy the like the last guy surviving and he's like yeah we just threw fucking sand on it and uh it's all super quiet in the middle of california in 72 when the hippie movement is going and there's people fucking everybody's everywhere high. yeah oh, everybody's high so like, did you hear that did that you helps. shit your pants brother no it might have been dynamite um but they proceeded to this is how like slow they are in california they were there for three 
days, three full days, busting open safety deposit boxes with personal or like in the vault with the roof blown off of it. They're there basically for three full fucking days. Was it like Labor Day weekend? No, it's just a regular weekend. Went in Friday night and they fucking left Monday morning. Okay, so it was over the weekend at least. Basically, yeah, right. People weren't working, most likely. And okay. the the bank manager came in on Monday morning and was like, Huh? Oh my god. The fuck? Needless to say, I think I mentioned previously that they went for this bank because it was Nixon's dirty money. Yep. Supposedly. Well, they miscalculated. They thought Nixon wouldn't go after his dirty money, but he so fucking did. He was pissed. They had, uh, in the interview that was conducted with one of, it was one of the nephews, uh, I think it was Harry, but he was like, yeah, you know, they usually send four people on a bank robbery. They sent 125. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nixon wasn't fucking around. Never made a statement about it, but 125 federal agents, that's, that's some power. Good for you, Nixon. Way to use your power for good. No, fuck Nixon. But they they all kind of got caught relatively quickly, except for the guy that gave this interview. He was out and about for eight fucking years. And the only reason they got caught was because the – I mean the feds kind of – honestly, I don't buy this shit, but it's too coincidental – they found fingerprints on a dirty dish in a random nearby rented house, and they found a vehicle in a parking garage that was connected to the the crew via an Ohio robbery that happened like seven or eight years later. So they caught them. They caught the final guy. How far after the initial thing? Eight plus years. So like nine years before he was prosecuted. But the juiciest part of this. Never yeah, recovered. They no never found the any of the money. Boom. Take that, Nixon. Boom, roasted. Fuck you, Nixon. Could you have pulled this one off, Nick? I think I could have. Because the moral portion of it... I fucking hate Richard Nixon. I th- I hate his face. I hate his voice. I hate his nose. Like, I hate everything about Richard Nixon. He's a piece of shit. I would have felt great stealing money from him. For more on presidents and how to make fun of them, tune in next week. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You guys will fucking love it. It's going to be a great one. Yeah. I don't know about this. I Like, I, it's too boisterous for me. Like, you're going like, in there. I, I think I would have I would have clocked out when they're like, no, we're just going to blow the top off with some fucking dynamite. That takes a shitload like, no. of balls. I'd have been like, no way. You guys are going to get caught. I'm, I'm not in on this. I like I, the idea behind it and and pulling it off. I think I I could have got behind that, but when they're like, we're gonna use dynamite, we're just gonna blow the roof off, and we're gonna hang out there for three days. I, I'd be like, no, there's no way you guys are not gonna get caught. That would have depended on when they asked me. If I was really hungry at the time, no, I'm not involved. If I'm full and satisfied, you got me. Or I'd be like, all right, look, it's gonna take you three days. You guys go in there, blow the roof off on day one. If you're still there day two, give me a call. I'll come by. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> I'll come crack a few safety deposit boxes open. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, not using, I'm not going for the dynamite. I'm not going to be there in the first couple hours after you blow a fucking building up. Call me later. 
yeah, I don't want to be there for the bad shit, but I'll steal some money with you. If I'm not busy Saturday afternoon, I might stop it. I don't know. <laughs> Let's stop in and rob this shit. Wait, I got to go to Home Depot first thing in the morning, but maybe afterwards I could stop in. I, I mean, know. I hear they have day laborer that day laborers there, so I mean, you can get some help. Get your boy Nate. Show up. <laughs> Do you speak English? Yes, uh, yeah. I speak it very well. Very well. I prefer English, actually. <laughs> All so, right. Are we on hit to the me final with your one? best shot. Yeah, like I said, this is gonna be the best one. This was almost the entire episode, so you guys let us know if this could have actually been a full episode. Uh, we're going to Thomas Blood in sixteen seventy one. I'm already casting doubt because no one knew what the fuck was going on in sixteen seventy one. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta check out the balls on this guy. Alright. So Thomas Blood is an Irish uh, military officer and self styled colonel. He Wait, also worked as go ahead. Say this again. Thomas Blood? Thomas Blood. I'm not fucking with this cat. No. From from Jump Street, dude. Fuck it that. He also last name worked is Blood. as an assassin for hire, apparently. I mean, that's fitting with the last name. He was born in the County Clare in the Kingdom of Ireland. Kingdom of Ireland? This dude sounds like, uh, what's his face from Boardwalk Empire? He was the son of a successful landowning blacksmith of English descent and was partly raised at Sawney near Dunboyne in County Meath. Really had to give that sentence the, the British accent, you know, to really sell how, like, hoity-toity it is. I mean, you nailed it, bro. So he, Thomas Blood had some issues in his life as he was uh, becoming a man. He, he felt a lot of people in his life slighted him. For instance, the confiscations and restitutions under the Act of Settlement in 1662, which sought to cancel and annul some of the grants of land and real properties allocated as reward to new holders, being Cromwellians under the Act of Settlement from 1652, this brought Blood to financial ruin. And in return, Blood sought to unite his fellow Cromwellians in Ireland to cause insurrection. So they stole some land from these people, and he wanted it back. I mean, that's what one naturally does. You cause an insurrection. Yeah, and, and that's that's his first dabbling in kind of, you know, pushing back against his oppressors. Um, I, there's some more examples, but to sum it up, Thomas Blood was like the shittiest Count of Monte Cristo ever. And, you know, he just tried several times to enact vengeance against anyone who he felt had wronged him, whether they had or not. He went after him. Yeah. I just read The Count of Monte Cristo, by the way. Well, I've the never, version. never had anything to do with that in any uh, way. Any you know, media. he's a guy whose life is going pretty well. He gets uh, all these people conspire to get him arrested uh, so he can't live his live his life well like he wants to. And uh, he spends 14 years in prison, and that as sucks. he's there, he meets this other guy who's been in prison, and he's going to be there for life, but he meets this other guy who's trying to break out, tells him that there's this fortune on the island of Monte Cristo, and so eventually he breaks out and goes and gets all this shit from the island of Monte Cristo, and then he enacts his vengeance on all these people who wronged him. Sounds like my kind of fucking story. Yeah, I read like the four and a half hour version. The original version is like 30 hours. Or I listened to on uh, Audible. 30 hours? Are yeah, you no, serious? I couldn't do 30 hours. The four That's hour longer than Dune. That shit was like 21 hours. 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of French stuff going on, so it was a little hard to follow with like all the different French names and French places. But Ugh, gross. I got the idea. Ugh. Anyway, so Thomas Blood, wannabe Count of Monte Cristo that he was, uh, first he conspired to storm the Dublin Castle and usurp the government, kidnap James Butler, the first Duke of Ormond, and Lord Lieutenant of Ireland for ransom. That was Very his first fitting. attempt. Uh, then. Blood later became associated with the wealthy George Villiers, second Duke of Buckingham, who 19th century commentators believed used Blood as a means to punish his own political and social adversaries, since his own class ranking did not allow him to meet them in the field. Whatever the fuck that means. Sounds like some weak dick shit. Yeah. Then in 1670, despite his status as a wanted man, Blood returned to England and is believed to have taken the name Aloff, and practiced as a doctor or an apothecary in Romford Market, east of London, and a second attempt, this time on the life of Duke Armand, followed him moving there. So he's he's just, like, going after these dudes. I'm fucking all in on this, man. This shit is poetic. Uh, well, he never got away with any... Like, he never actually completed any of these revenge tasks. Even better, man. <laughs> he was very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes revenge so satisfying, because <laughs> everyone knows you fucking suck at it. Um, so then Blood and his accomplices attacked Ormond while the latter traveled St. James's Street. Ormond was dragged from his coach, bound to one of Blood's henchmen, and taken on horseback along Piccadilly. I Plus all these British places sound made up when you read them sounds like you're talking in fucking westeros or something westeros shout out so along piccadilly with the intention of hanging him at tyburn close friend of titus titus of the The house House lannister Lannister. so the king pinned a paper to ormond's chest spelling out their reasons for his capture and murder with one of his servants who had given chase on horseback ormond succeeded in freeing himself and escaped so they didn't get far. they didn't get far with that. This guy though, he's got a set of balls on him like no one I've ever seen. So finally, we get the crowning jewel of Thomas Blood's revenge schemes, and it came in 1671 when he attempted to steal the crown jewels of England. Those are very badass jewels. Just saying. yeah, it's like the crown, and he's got that little scepter thing going on. And uh, there's one more piece. Uh, it's like a cape. Yeah, there's a cape and there's like a, a ball of some sort, like a, a globe, like a tiny globe kind of thing. So the, the crown English jewels, monarchy is very confusing to me. Just just watch Frozen and like when they're naming Elsa Queen, it's the same stuff that she's getting. And yeah. then she kind of goes all ice bitch and freezes everything. Whoa. Yeah. Elsa is no ice bitch, Calvin pretty sure like that was the name of the movie she's an ice bitch so said that crown, with an e just the so crown you know. jewels are uh, locked away in the tower of london they're under constant care by the keeper of the jewels which great title by the way the family uh, jewels and at this time it was the 77 year old talbot edwards like let's get somebody get the younger. fuck out of here let's get I somebody can... else watching these I'm going to trust this 77-year-old in the 1600s to protect fucking anything. This dude is like, he might as well be a mummy <laughs> sitting there. It's like, yeah, we got this mummy watching out for it. It's, it's we tight. We figure he'll just scare people off with how old and decrepit he looks. It smells really bad. So, you know, the English people, 
they have class and they don't like stanky shit. Um, so they're under constant armed guard consisting of English soldiers as well. So it's not just seventy-seven year old dude. Yeah. With fucking curses. <laughs> um, so here's how it all went down. Thomas and his friends, he planned to gain access by, uh, he first got personally invited to the, the Tower of London. He was invited to the Tower of London for like some party or whatever. And then he got invited to see them through a combination of lying pageantry and elaborate costumes. Let me just say, if I ever received an invite from the Tower of London, the most notorious prison on the face of the earth till now, I'd be like... I thought it was part of the palace. No? Either way. It's a prison? Yeah. I don't think it's a prison. Yeah, the Tower of London? That's like the worst prison in the fucking world ever. But just look that shit Not up. But anyway, if I, if I received an invite, I'd be like, nah, fam, I'm fucking busy. Like, super busy. Can't do it. Ah, a secure fortress, royal palace, and infamous prison. Right there in the first line. I mean, that's... If I... If you don't heist something like that, you're a loser. So he first toured the tower with his quote-unquote wife. Uh, He paid a... He paid a fee, or most likely a bribe. No, 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 it was a fee. Like, they they would charge you extra uh, to go actually into the room to see the jewels and stuff. So he paid that fee... And while they're in there seeing the jewels, his quote-unquote wife, uh, who was most likely just a prostitute he hired to go with him, feigned stomach issues and was offered to recuperate in the Edwards' quarters, which were right nearby the tower, like inside the same building. They they lived in that building. So, you know, she gets a drink and kind of recovers in there a little bit. They they start chatting up the Edwards, you know, the, uh, the keepers of the jewels, as it were. The jewels... So, over the next few days, Blood, he keeps visiting Edwards a couple more times. He even presented Mrs. Edwards with four pairs of white gloves as a thank you for helping his wife in her moment of distress. So, he just keeps visiting, profusely thanking them. You know, great, great job. Really, you guys were there for us. Just out and out schmoozing as much as he could. Schmooze it up. Yeah, so he keeps schmoozing, and long enough to... uh, to offer them his non-existent nephew to wed the Edwards' daughter. Oh, this guy's getting because marriage involved? At, yeah, as as he's schmoozing, like, he's he's talking himself up to be something he's obviously not, and that, like, they have all this money. Some low class. And that his nephew is some, like, duke or whatever, you know. I mean, you, you can do that in the like 1600s. That. Be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, nobody's, you can't Google these people. My nephew, Enrique Iglesias Third is a fucking duke of your underwear. Great too. Got some pipes on him. Yeah, and by pipes, I mean he's going to lay that pipe on you, <laughs> honey. Slime that pipe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always oh, coming back to dicks. <laughs> I mean, so, that's what people come here for. I mean, and that, that that's basically the whole story of the Count of Monte Cristo, is he could just fake himself like he just declared himself a count and started schmoozing with all these rich hoity-toity people until they let him into their circles and he could poison a bunch of people he's like listen i have a huge dick so don't worry about what i'm putting in your drink it's good for you uh he also offered a hefty retainer to seal the deal and and i can't write the term seal the deal without going seal deal seal the deal my seal deal i gotta go make this i gotta go make the deal for my seals See, I think of, uh, oh, what's that band? Volbeat. Um, they have a song called Seal the Deal. Mm. Yeah. 
It always goes back to Arrested Development with me. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, full beef so anyway, is he life. Throws, he throws in a bunch of money, uh, and he's invited back for a personal dinner in with his nephew and a few friends. To, so the nephew can meet the Edwards and meet the daughter, all that. Again, not his real nephew. Doesn't have a nephew, just like some dude that he said, hey, for tonight, you're my nephew. You're going to marry this broad. And here's a shitload of money. He's like, fucking tight. So the, the he gets the Keeper of the Jewels a little sauced up, starts begging. I want to see the jewels. I want to see the jewels. You got to take me to him. Like, what am I going to do? I, we're friends now, right? Just take me to see him. What's the big deal? I eventually convinces him to show him the jewels. Uh, so he, his nephew, and two more accomplices go down with the Keeper of the Jewels to, and, like, again, this guy's 77. Like, can we not put him in charge? He's just looking for a friend. He's a lonely old man looking for a friend, somebody to marry his daughter. Come on. You know it took, like, not be in charge of things. four hours to get to the Jewel Hall, and they're all just like, fuck it, this. I'm done. I don't even want to marry this bitch anymore. <laughs> fuck these Jewels. Well, they didn't actually have to marry anyone, Nick. That was all, that was all a part of the con. Well, I mean, you gotta play the con to be the con. Yeah. Uh, so, Edwards didn't know that Blood and his entourage were armed with pistols, daggers, and had freaking swords inside their freaking canes like their freaking Lucius freaking Malfoy. How do you not notice that, dude? Guns were huge back then. Were they, they, they put it in their pants? Said pistols. The old man was like, Jesus, young lads, you guys are fucking packing. Just happy about this wedding with your your daughter coming up. Shit, I wish I was endowed like you. You're packing. So once the room was unlocked, Blood knocked out Edwards, obviously, uh, seized the crown jewels while his men stood guard. So all they did was, like, bonk him on the head, and they're good. Actually, he he apparently fought back pretty hard. By hard, you mean? And they, like, knocked him. You, like, tripped him, and he was just like, oh, oh! Well, they, like, knocked him out, tied him up, and then, like, he just wouldn't quiet down while he was tied up. I mean, he's 77. How, how hard can he really fight? I mean, how does he have teeth at 77 in the 1600s? I, I mean, dentures were a thing back then. George Washington famously had dentures only 100 years later. I mean, those were ivory. They don't have ivory in England. The guy looking after the crown. Are you kidding me? The colonizers of England don't have I, I, ivory? Nah. They were all over Africa and Asia stealing some elephant no tusks. No way. Okay. Definitely. I'm t- totally being <laughs> facetious. So apparently they had trouble getting everything out of the room without being noticed because now they've got a fucking crown and a scepter and all this other shit. So they took some measures to make it a little easier by just completely destroying everything. <laughs> they flattened the royal crown Mosh with a mallet. They sawed the royal scepter in half, and they shoved the sovereign's orb. That's the thing. Which sovereign's orb also great name for your next fantasy epic. The sovereign's orb, part one. I like that. Please don't they tell me that though. Down one of their pants. I was gonna say, please don't tell me they shoved it up their ass. That's not, not just, what I'm just trying. Just in to... their pants. So now they got the pistol in there and the orb, so it looks like they're really packed. It's like, dude, you should probably chill out a little bit. You need to go take a quick I'm, shower. I'm praying for you. Seriously, Jeremy? Come on. Yes. I mean, Come on, Jeremy. You're fucking packing front and back. Get out of town. And they almost got away with it. If it wasn't for those pesky kids. I, kind of. So, Edward's son surreptitiously returns to visit his parents, for, like he's coming back from university or whatever, just randomly came back this night and stumbled upon Blood and his accomplices as they were trying to escape. Sure. 
So Blood, seeing this, he he's like, we're out of here. Guns blazing at this point. They're getting out. Make it to their horses. But then as they're escaping on horseback, he gets caught by his cape on like a gate or something. So anyway, I started blasting. Exactly. That that was Thomas Blood in this. It's love. They're just blasting left and right. Get on the horse. Cape gets in the way. And that's why Edna Mode will not put capes on your super suit. I mean, that's, this that's is the fair. Real and as after his cape was, cape was caught, he's piled on by several armed guards. The, you know, the, the guys that were supposed to be protecting this stuff in the first place. They finally caught up. Well, you know, they're like sitting together like, thank fucking God this idiot wore a cape. We would have yeah. been fucked. We got him, guys. Tell the king we got it. We're good. We're good. Totally. He didn't get away. We, we caught him in the building. He, yeah, we were there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he never He's got like, in the first place. How did the, how did the crown get flattened? Uh, you know that was that was my bad. I stepped on it. My bad. You know, I heard he there was out. a he witch didn't get out of the room. around. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the keeper of the jewels. His wife's a witch, actually, and uh, yeah, she, she broke all this stuff. What a butthole. <laughs> so the items they were obviously recovered, but in their several states of uh, of disrepair. King Charles II, who was the king at the time, was so impressed with his attempt that he offered Blood a full pardon and gave him land in Ireland as a pension. What? Yeah. Dude. So he's like, no, you know what? That was great. What a f- Here you go. What fucking Here's some land in Ireland. Big dick energy, man. Like, the most beautiful place on earth. Here's some land. And... Well, he's Irish, too. Like, Blood was Irish to begin with. Oh, so, like, there you go. Going back to his homeland. Full pardon from the king. That is money right there, dude. Oh, One step further, there's a short poem that was written about him uh, from John Wilmot, the second Earl of Rochester. Uh, he wrote this in his History of the Insipids. Blood that wears treason in his face. Villain complete in Parson's gown. How much he is at court in grace for stealing Ormond and the crown. Since loyalty does man no good, let's steal the king and outdo blood. Good and blood don't really rhyme, but, you know, whatever. It's tight. I like it. That's a good yeah. poem. So here comes the big question is, could we have pulled this off? I got to go no on this one. I mean, the balls on these guys, I don't think I can match it. So I think I think I'm smooth and personable enough to, like, persuade the keeper of the jewels into letting me get up and close and personal and, like, look at the unguarded jewels. Like, I could have befriended that guy. He seemed like a pretty cool 77-year-old. Um, I just... Like, hey, I man. don't think I could have gotten the rest to fall in place. I mean, as long as you get the 77-year-old, you know the rest will fall in place because he runs shit. He's got well, butterscotches yeah, in his pocket. He's got fucking, you know, old stories. Everybody loves that it smells guy. Smells like mung beans. Yeah, it smells like mung beans. He grows shit in his desk. I'm not a fan. Just in general, this kind of goes back to what you were saying, is I just, I would make a terrible con man. Horrible. And so, like, I, I couldn't pull off everything else that went around this, uh, surrounding the actual heist. Like, I could have gotten in that room, but I couldn't have played the long con. Oh, dude. Guaranteed, all the anxiety and anticipation yeah. would have made me shit my pants. Yeah. I'd be sitting there like, oh, fuck, we're about to do it. And they'd be like, fuck, dude. I, f- I feel bad for days if I lie on a serious level about the smallest, dumbest things uh, to almost anyone. And so, like, I just – this guilt and anxiety, like you're saying, that, that would just eat away at me. Even, like, on these small things. A, a white lie, I'm fine, but, like, 
anything bigger than that, I'm just like, oh, I should probably just go tell him. I should probably just, you know, make up some excuse of why I said that. And like, yeah, I, I just, it's easier just to tell the truth. So like pulling this long con on this dude, telling him I'm selling him my nephew and all this other shit, like I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's, let me sell you this person. That would be the I mean, first... he wasn't selling the person. He was, like, they were, it, it was a arranged marriage. Like, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, you're basically selling... the nephew selling wasn't someone. real, and the wife wasn't real. So, like, that is the stuff I would have trouble with. That's fair. I'd be able to befriend the keeper, uh, probably even talk him into the private tour. I'd, I'd just... I'd, I'd have a really hard time, you know, just getting into their home, setting up my nephew for the marriage and all that. Like, I, I would just... I would just try and be a real friend to the, the keeper of the jewels and i'd have trouble with the violence this one got violent just a wee bit yeah I'd, I'd, if i got in there the same thing with the dynamite in yours i'd want to be more discreet about it i'm not knocking some old dude on the head yeah I'd, I'd have to come up with like just excuses and excuses on top to be brought down to the jewels and then like as i got there i'd have to plan the perfect way to like sneak them into my coat or something without anyone noticing i i couldn't knock someone out i would just offer him tons of snacks be like i got this that'd be good 85 pound bag of werther's so it's only three dollars at walmart yes sir dude and he'd be like fuck it righteous let me do that so out of all these ones that we talked about, I, I think a lot of them could do with movie adaptations. It sounds like your one in Brazil already got made into a movie. Uh, actually, the right California now. one got made into a movie. Oh, which movie? I don't recall, but it's oh. old and shitty. Oh, that gotcha. helps you at all. Uh, I think this one needs a serious movie adaptation. There, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, there was there was apparently a movie in 1935, but I think we need like a modern version of this. Only if De Niro can play the old man, or like Dustin Hoffman, that'd be perfect. Nah, I think I think you age up Benedict Cumberbatch or somebody like Michael that. You gotta have Keaton. a British guy there. You're naming American people. You need a British guy there. This is America. Whoever played Michael Caine, that's who we need. Yes. Perfect, perfect. This movie would be like you got the Count of Monte Cristo meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets Logan Lucky with just a dash of Dumb and Dumber thrown in there because this guy was such a fuck up for most of his life. Hundred percent. And that, I mean, that goes to the Logan Lucky two part of it of like you got these complete fuck ups that actually almost pull something off. Such a good movie. And you'd have this movie that focuses on this bumbling idiot hell bent on revenge for all of these perceived slights throughout his life. And he keeps failing and failing and failing, and then finally the perfect con comes along, and he does everything right, and he gets it perfect, and just when he thinks he's finally pulled it off, pure dumb luck, but not his own dumb luck this time, confounds him once again as the sun shows up and foils his plot. Foils that shit. Yeah. You get to see you know, all the failed attempts, and then when he's finally in the good graces with the, the keeper of the jewels, you're starting to root for him. You're like, all right, I got it. Got it. And then it all comes crashing down in the end. Unfortunately. So those are real life heists. If you guys out there listening have heard of any other real life heists, hit us up. Yeah. Because we want to hear about it. Only ones cool. worth a damn. No, I'll read about pretty much any heist. They're, they're pretty fun to, to read about. This is true. Um, we do have a single Twitter shout out. One person responded to our poll that has nothing to do with heists uh, from today. So I, I said I would give a shout out. So I have to, I'm a man of my word. Uh, I asked who's going to win the Super Bowl this year because I didn't have a good one that went along with heists. And uh, the options were the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland Browns. Nobody voted for the Browns. Poor Browns. 
or other in the comments. How'd you not have and, the uh, Packers on there, dude? Because I, I was just fucking around. I just threw something. I, hate the so I wanted to throw a team that had no chance of winning. And I hate the Packers. That's fair. Uh, so DVHS Library and Learning Commons says the Saints are going to win. No, get the fuck out of here. I think they're going to be there. Mm. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they're going to be there. No. Nah. Got five yeah. on it. I know we already talked about this a couple weeks ago. Go back and listen to uh, NFL in the time of COVID if you uh, really want to hear our opinions on that. And um, we got some new stuff coming along. Uh, I am working on moving everything into YouTube. So if you want to listen to a podcast on YouTube, which like I don't get people who do that, but I guess some people do. I do that all uh, the time. To, there you go. Nick does it. Yeah. Why? What's the point? Uh, honestly, it's just uh. Do you listen to ones that ha- that you can see, like, the people talking or the ones with just the static picture? Well, I just – I listen first and foremost. So what I do is I usually add videos that I will like to watch in the future, and mm-hmm. often that's a recommended video. So it will just kind of pop up as I'm going through my normal videos that I'm listening to as I work. Gotcha. You know they have specific apps for listening to podcasts, right? Yes, I do, but I don't always want to listen to podcasts. Sometimes I want to listen to 25 best, uh, I don't know, heists by what culture? And then it just flows into podcasts. What culture has disappeared from my recommendations in YouTube? I don't know why. I haven't been watching enough of their stuff. Too bad. They're great. Yeah, I love what, what culture. I was on a tear with them for a while. Anyway, uh, so you will be able to listen. It's just going to be a static picture with the sound. So, like, if you like listening on YouTube, you'll be able to do that soon. There you go. Trying to get the whole back catalog uploaded. I don't know how that's going to work, but we're going to try. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so that's coming soon. Uh, we're going to have a newsletter coming up soon, if I can get that to work out. We'll do some uh, fun stuff there, giveaways, Q&As, things like that. Um, yeah, a lot of new ideas for the new year. New year, new me. Hell new us. Yeah. New something. So, yeah, stay tuned. There's a lot of cool stuff coming. And tell your friends about us and leave a review on the uh, the iTunes. Helps a ton, and it's free. There you go. Thank you for listening. Thank you to those cats for providing all of the music for a podcast about something. And you guys stay sassy. Stay classy. Project